Goldstein's come in. You guys say Goldstein's not as cool as you are, that he hasn't any style. His style's a joke, a bring-down, a put-down, an embarrassment. Well, you know what Goldstein says to that? Tough. It's too damn bad. I tried to be like you guys, to be one of you, but you wouldn't let me. You just shoved it back down my throat every day of this past season. Last seat on the bus. Goldstein's not getting a party, a get-together. Let Goldstein care about it for himself. Even the cafeteria. You know, you make room for yourselves. Me? I got to sit on a windowsill or maybe a chair with a tack on it. Well, no more. I'm sick of it, man. Up to here. From now on, from now on, I'm fighting for what's mine. What's rightfully mine. And that means not having to come into this place with a knot in my stomach. I'm not quitting this team either. This team means too much to me. But I'm not changing myself one inch of what I am for anybody. You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, Time to Face the World. As I stare at myself in the mirror, shaving cream covering my face, I think to myself, what a fantastic fashion statement. A face full of lather really brings out my eyes, and I wish it was something I could leave the house in. I mean, stirrup tights and piano key neckties have risen to the status of outdoor fashion, so why shouldn't a face full of shaving cream? Just think of how great it would be, the whole world smelling like an old-timey barber shop. I imagine myself at a wedding, toasting the bride and groom in a three-piece suit and a face brushed white, erasing all blemishes. In my imagining, I cut a very dashing figure. I suppose I could become a clown, And when I take a cream pie across the face, instead of making the audience laugh, I'd make them gasp at my beauty. My sudden, horrifying beauty. I put forward my shaving cream fashion idea to Gregor, and he shoots it down immediately. He tells me that it's not actually the shaving cream that makes me look good, but the bathroom lighting. Bathroom lighting, he says, takes away the rings under your eyes, the sagging jowls of the balding pate. And without it, people would wake up and brush their teeth in horror over how awful they look. Undeterred by Gregor's negative attitude, I call Howard and share with him my fashion idea. I can just see it now, I tell him. Shaving cream in all different colors, bright yellow for the beach and gray for funerals. Being an idea man... Howard appreciates it. He says that maybe it would go shaving cream for guys and noxema for the ladies. Later that night, I go to bed and dream that my shaving cream idea has really taken off. It's the kind of dream that cartoon characters have, and yet I am dreaming it. In the dream, I am a fashion mogul. And as well as having spearheaded the whole outdoor shaving cream craze, I have invented the sweat sock cummerbund and a cape made of carpet samples. In the dream, I am anxious about a review due out in European Vogue of my new fashion line. When it hits the newsstands, I flip through the magazine and quickly discover that I have been lambasted. In a caddy review, the author tears apart everything I have ever created, from formal hockey cart spurs to the fried eggs I made for breakfast that day. How could they have known about those runny eggs, I cry. But as I read on, I see that they know far more than that. 
It seems the author has also taken the liberty of reviewing everything about me, right down to a temper tantrum I took at the age of twelve outside a shoe store, where my mother refused to buy me name-brand running shoes. Goldstein's histrionic whining was only matched by a simpering foot-stomping, the article reads. I scan down the page, and with panic and horror, I realize that even my very first kiss has been reviewed. Can a kiss be mincing? It is from Goldstein's mealy-mouthed lips. I awake from the dream with a profound sense of relief, relief that the only person scrutinizing my every move is me. It's four in the morning, and I can't fall back asleep. With five hours to get to work, I decide to just get out of bed and take a long, luxurious shave. Tunis? Yes. Uh, this is uh, Jonathan Goldstein speaking. Oh, hi. How how are you? I, I'm doing okay, but you know, I never I never got a copy of the the documentary that you were supposed to send me. Oh, uh, I uh, I made sure that somebody from the office sent you something. No, no one sent me anything, but I actually saw it. It seems that someone uploaded it to YouTube. S- somebody put it on YouTube, but that that's not. I didn't post it. All right. Well, anyway, I saw it here on YouTube, and I, 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 I can't even begin to tell you how used I feel. Well, you, you've, you've assassinated my character. Oh, hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. What, what, what do you mean? What I, I mean, what I was led to believe is you were going to be like capturing a regular day in my life for for Dutch television. Yes, and that. You know, I thought what? it was going to be like something on Entertainment Tonight or something, and instead, it's like Ray Gardens. You, you make me out to be a lunatic. I thought we were friends. When you left, we hugged at the airport. I thought of you as a friend. Oh come on, John! I'm a documentary filmmaker. I was sent there to do a job, and that's exactly what I did. It's my job to reassure you and put you in a, in a state of mind where you're comfortable to reveal your truth. And it's not always a literal truth. It's about the greater truth. I feel like I've suckled a weasel to my bosom. If you choose to look at it that way, then that's your that's your choice to look at it that way. Tunis, you have a five-minute scene of me haggling with my butcher. That you cross-cut with with newsreel footage of Idi Amin. Idi Amin represents the butchering of your soul. I brought you with me to do my grocery shopping. I wasn't torturing my soul. Of course, you were torturing your soul. It's really very simple. My job is to look at you and to look at people and to look at the world in a way that the world and people don't look at themselves. And I can see things that you can't. You are a comedian. You're a funny boy. I, I think that's and very inside, reductive. Listen to me. And inside every funny boy is a, a sad little tortured soul, the clown with the tear. And every one of your jokes is like a switchblade stab inside your own heart, inside your own soul. Something like that. Obviously, not everybody is going to get. And, the and so I imagine that scene where I came home after you got me drunk, and, and and I'm dancing in my room with my eyes closed. That's supposed to be laying bare my soul. Absolutely. It's, it's a very important and honest moment. Dancing to Bette Midler's Beast of Burden. You are your own Beast of Burden. And in that dance... Tunis, you exploited me. Did, did I know that you were standing on the fire escape outside my bedroom window filming me? Wouldn't have helped the scene if you knew that. It wouldn't have helped the scene because I wouldn't have allowed it to happen. I had to see it on YouTube for the first time. First of all, permission is often harmful to, to the process of a documentary film. 
But you actually signed everything. You signed up. You said do whatever. You know, you you, you put your trust in, in us. Stupidly. And in that scene in particular, you were at peace. You were you were at complete peace. And you know when I, when when I got down from the fire escape and I, I I had to go sit on the street corner, I put the camera down. I had to sit there and I almost cried. And I said, "This is why I came here. That's why I came here." You know, honestly, Tunis, I've, n- I've, I've never heard such a bunch of uh, pretentious garbage in my life. No, no, let me tell you something. Let me say something to you. You should be honored that this happened, that, that I came there to make a film about you. I have worked with all kinds of great people. I worked with Werner Herzog. I worked with Barbara Hoogstreet, Franz Francis. I bring experience and vision and history and skill to this project. Tunis, half the scenes are out of focus. That's documentary film. You don't always have time to sit there and do focus like the, in the fiction no, world. No, you're, you're, too, you're too busy creating pompous allegories to actually just focus the camera. All you do was this show every week I, with your whoopee cushions and your fake vomit and all the other jokes and gags and the things that you not, have on the buttons on your panel. I don't think you've listened to my show. I listened to your show plenty. Believe me, it was, it was, it was not easy, but I listened to oh, a very lot of the shows. Okay, Tunis, when is this thing supposed to air in the Netherlands? In a few weeks. Okay, I'm calling up your station, and I'm pulling out of this thing. There's no way that this is going to air. Can't I don't pull care out what it. you it's, say. It's, you signed off. It's done. Well, you know what? I, I signed off on something that misrepresented itself. You can't do that. There's no way. John, Jonathan, please listen. Don't. You can't do that. I, I am going to do it, Tunis. No, this re- please, please listen. Listen. There's a lot riding on this for me. There's a lot riding on this. I don't have to sacrifice myself at the altar of your quote-unquote art. This, this is not about being an artist. This is about being a father. Well, what are you talking about? I have four kids. I've been married for, for, for ten years, and I have four children. And for years I've been working hard, putting these things out, and now I finally have an opportunity to make a better life for them. And it's because of this documentary, and you should feel good about that. I'm being offered bigger and better things as a result of this. What are you talking about? What are you being offered? The network loved this piece I made about you. And uh, there's been talk of, of uh, uh, what you'd call a situation comedy based on, on you. On me? Loosely based on you. A uh, similar type character who does a similar type of show. And they, they want me to direct it. You're going to do a sitcom? Yes. I thought you were Mr. Artist. What, 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 I, I don't get it. Well, that's one side of life, and this is the other side of life. This is the side of life where you make money. I don't need. I can't even buy. You know, I, I there's one iPod between the four of us. That's embarrassing. And why? Why is that happening? Why is there an iPod booking sheet on the fridge? Because I'm an artist. You, you know what it feels like for for a 38 year old man to get on the bus in the morning and to be listening to Britney Spears because his 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 youngest daughter put songs on the iPod and erased the other ones, and now all there is is her songs. And I'm on the bus going to work listening to this. It's a soundtrack to my pathetic existence. I'm tired of it. I believe in what I do, but I'm also tired of it. I have an opportunity for the first time in my life to make some real money. Please don't screw this up for me. Look, Tunis, it's not my responsibility to completely self-mortify in order to give you a career and to give you a film. Are you crying? Listen. I take what I do very seriously. No, I mean, I didn't... I, 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 it didn't I, work. You didn't like it. That's okay. I, it wasn't what I expected, you know. I, I put I, everything into it. I really thought 
that I was doing something that you would appreciate. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you know, maybe I just need to look at it again, and 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 <laughs> I'm not going to call the network. Okay. You're not going to call them. No. <laughs> just if if you can get it off YouTube, that that would be good. I could do without people in 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 North America seeing it. Okay. You're really not going to call them. No, I'm I, I'm I'm not calling them. Okay. Can you do me a favor and just stop crying, all right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you've you've got a lot of talent. You know, I mean, I, I can understand why they would give you your own show. So it's it, it, it's a it's a TV show about a radio show, right? Yeah. Yes. The character's name is uh, Herr Bieberkopf, and he has a boar. Uh, you know, in, a wild boar as a pet. Ah. Uh-huh. And the boy's name is Goldstein. Sort of like an homage, huh? You know what I was thinking? Obviously, the character is based a little bit on you. A little bit, yeah. Why don't you audition for the part? Would you be interested in that? I don't know. I don't think so. I I, uh... I don't think you're giving this a chance. Tunis... I... <laughs> Okay, all right, fine. Okay, what do you want me to say? Try a couple of lines. All right, all right. Say, kids, this is funny. Kids, Goldstein's eating the garbage again. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Kids, Goldstein's eating the garbage again. (laughs) Okay, Tunis, Goldstein's eating the garbage again. I'm not an actor. I'm trying my best. Tunis, you're doing a good job. (laughs) You can help with that whole thing with the pig. That's some funny stuff. Howard? Mm. Hi. Hey. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, what's going on? Pretty much just having a little sip of sherry. Just getting myself all warm inside. I didn't know that you were a sherry drinker. I mean, I'm not a drinker of your caliber, but I... But what does I, that mean, uh, not a drinker of my caliber? I mean, you're quite fond of, of the drink, and I, you know, I, I enjoy a sip now and again. I, I'm of a delicate disposition. Uh-huh. I was wondering, by the way, um, would you mind if I came by the studio later? Um, I guess not. Why? That wouldn't be a problem. I just had some merchandise... Uh, I like to design some merch. What 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 merch are you referring to? Are you are you working at the flea market again? No 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 no. Uh, I don't think I'll be needing flea markets anytime soon. No, I'm just trying to get things organized for my fan club meeting tonight. And you, I thought it'd be good you, to have. Wait, some hang merch. on a second. What your fan club meeting? Yeah, I mean, there's no Kiss Army yet, but but um, but I mean, we're. So know. wait, what, in, are you? Talking about like some kind of wiretap fan group or something? Is this like uh, a Facebook thing or something like that? Well, no, this is really more my my fan club. It's a Howard Chaklitz fan club. 
I mean, I guess it's loosely tied to wiretap in some in some way. Being the fact that you're that you're on the show. Yeah, but I think uh, like for 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 the people that are, are are more familiar with my work, they'll just fast forward through a lot of the your belly aching and stuff, and then just get to the things that are really popular with my fans. You know, me as a man. Right. Okay. So so you're having a fan club meeting, and 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 so you're and you're selling merch. Yeah, I have and, lots of nice merch. And what is what is this merch that you have? Just right across the board, everything that you can ever want to have with my name emblazoned across it. Baby teas, you know, egg cups. I love Howard toilet covers. I got some autographed photos of of, of you. What? There's a place for me in in the Howard Chakwitz fan club. Yeah, it's not for your average Howard Chakwitz fan. This is for someone like if you're a Star Trek fan, say, you know, let's say you're a fan of the original series. Like you know, mm-hmm. everybody wants the Kirk. Everybody wants the you know the Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. But this is for the person that wants like you know one of the, the guys in red that worked in the engineering department, or maybe like Uhura's niece or something. You know. Some kind of weird, kind of like really far, far distant relation to the actual talent. So that's who I am. In relation to the Howard Fan Club, in such a way, yes. Whereas you're like a uh, Captain Kirk. I'm like the Enterprise, personally speaking. I mean, I'm, it's my. This is my fan club. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, by the way, um, did you check your email today? Mm, no, I haven't. Why should I be expecting something? Yeah. Take a look. All right. Hang on. Yeah, this is... Um, you found it? Well, I, I see that you've sent me, like, in the past hour, you've sent me about, like, a half a dozen links to YouTube videos. Right, right. Uh, this one's of a cat falling off a table. This one's a cat falling off a mantle. Cat falling off a windowsill. Just keep scrolling down. Just keep scrolling down, you'll get to it. Um, okay, here's an email with the subject heading, Keynote address you will be delivering at my fan club meeting. What is this? This is basically the speech I want you to 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 make to to introduce me at the podium. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can kind of practice this in front of a mirror or something. Go ahead, go ahead. Let, let, let me hear it. Let me All hear right, it. All right, okay. Dear members of the Howard Chakwitz fan club, it is an honor to be presenting to you this evening the man himself, as the star of Wiretap. Howard has. Wait a second. As the star of. Wait, hang on. What what do you suggest? You're you're suggesting that you're the star of Wiretap. Well, I am the star of Wiretap. How, Come on. How are you the star of Wiretap? It's my show. Yeah, but it's not about time on the mic, you know? I mean, it's it's really what? like about, you know, you know how people react, you know, like who gets the most wows, you know, from the crowd. I'm thinking Fonzie or something, like, you know, like you're more of like a Tom Bosley, uh-huh. you know, like Mr. Cunningham. Yeah. You know, but it's it's Fonzie who's the star of the show. Right. Okay, do you, you, should I continue with this? Please. Howard has allowed me a bully pulpit with which to air many of my personal issues, and I am grateful for how he has helped me with my problems, both on the air and off. So true. As a sort of figurehead of the show, nay, a mascot, I have always felt secure knowing Howard was in charge. As a well-fed lapdog seated on Howard's muscular workman's lap... Howard, this is completely ridiculous. I keep reading. I, I'm, I'm, it's actually very moving. I so nice to hear you say these things. Howard has always existed as a secret power behind the throne, Mm -hmm. the CIA to my puppet dictatorship, the Cher to my Sonny, the George Michael to my Andrew Rigby. Do do you actually believe this? This Showbiz, John. Why don't you just scroll down to that part there where I saved your life? When did you save my... You never saved my life. Just scroll down. You'll see. It's all there. What is this? The time that I almost choked on my own necktie? Yeah. What are you talking about? You were were eating angel hair pasta. 
uh-huh. you, were, you were really, really, I think, intoxicated. And then somehow, I don't know how you did it, but you swallowed your own string tie. Remember? And I no, just I... dove across the table, and I yanked it out of your... your out what of your planet throat. do you live on? Like, you're just... That's, that's a complete bald-faced lie. You, you could have choked on that, and you wouldn't even be here to call me a liar. Okay, all right. Let me just get to the bottom here. Uh, and here he is, your hero and mine, Howard Chakowitz. Okay, that was a strong reading. That was, that was really good. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Maybe for the actual ceremony, mm-hmm. um, it might not be such a bad idea if you have maybe a few drinks to kind of limber up your lips before you get started. And I know you get all emotional when you drink, and, and that might be really good. Like, you might get, like, the teary-eyed and, like, try to hug me and stuff, and that'll play I'm, well for the fans. I'm not going to try to hug you. Well, after a few drinks, we'll see what happens, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. going to take the podium, yeah. and I'm going I'm to respond, okay? All right. So, here's my speech right here. Okay, go ahead. John, thank you. Thank you. What can I say? Such kind words. Such well, you praise. wrote them. Okay, shut, shut, shut. I have to ask myself, do I really deserve to be honored so? And the answer is, yes, of course I deserve it. After years of slaving for nothing in return, I carried on. And for what? For what, dear friends and fans, I ask you? Now the day has come. A time of come up and that fate has ordained. When I see you prancing around in your ridiculous tight gold theme, when do what, what are you what time? like some modern day narcissist. When we meet in that squared circle, brother, truth will snuff up the flame of deception. When I bring you crashing down to the mad brother, when I break your back, crash your neck, wring your limbs like wet towels, and snap you like so much kindling, only then will my spirit be free. Nay, the spirit of all men, for your tyranny shall end that day, my friend, my brother, my mentor, and no. That my thanks will be laid across your grave, along with a wreath that shall simply read, Defeat. Merchandise is available in the mezzanine. So what do you think? Uh, it's powerful, eh? Uh, I was watching the Sporting Channel with my uncle at the seniors' residence, and it got me all worked up and inspired and stuff. How, do, how have you turned me into, like, a, your, your nemesis? My nemesis? Well, what, what speech did you just hear? Well, you are just talking about, like, breaking my back. It's all a metaphor. It's all metaphorical stuff. What, what's what's You're breaking a writer, my some writer? You can't even you can't even see the meaning behind it. What's things. breaking my back? A metaphor for uh, my own personal growth. Okay, and so and this and this is tonight. This is tonight. Yeah. Uh huh. And 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 can I ask where where does this uh, where does this little club of yours take place? What do you like? You you rent out a synagogue basement or something? No, I couldn't really afford that. The fan club meetings at your folks' place. My parent in my parents' house. I mean, where else would it be? They're amongst my biggest fans. This is the first time hearing of this. When did you make this arrangement? I guess weeks ago. Your mom didn't tell you. No, she didn't tell I me. I speak to her about that because she always leaves you out of the loop, and, I, and it, it always makes for these awkward moments, and it, it makes me feel weird. You, Howard, you can't. I mean, your parents have been kind enough to host. You were, but what are you talking about? Like, like, like a mezzanine? My, 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 my parents' house doesn't have a mezzanine. It's in the, it's a bungalow in the suburbs. Yeah, but I mean, we, we we kind of transformed your old bedroom into a mezzanine. My old bedroom. And your mom's gonna make snacks, and your dad is basically working the merch table. My, you have my father, my seventy year old father is working your merchandise table. He offered to, you know, if you just call them once in a while, you know, you'd be kind of clued into this stuff. It hurts them so much, John. It hurts them so deeply. I mean, like like their involvement with my career, that being such fans yeah. and all. It brings them a certain, you know, amount of joy, but it's not replacing mm-hmm. for a son. Right, Can't right. replace a son, John. Yeah. Howard, who, who's in this fan club, anyway? Well, I mean, it's your parents. Uh-huh. There's Nick, the delivery guy. Yeah. 
and then there's Madame Lafave who still lives around the corner. The, the French woman? From, yeah. She doesn't even speak English, Howard. Big fan, though. It just goes to show that comedy just really knows, you know, knows no language. And, you know, Josh said he's going to come down. He said that was going to really burn you bad. I know, I'll take what I can get. And you'll be there, right? You're going to be yeah. there. That'll be great. That's the full room already. You can already count the sales. Fame of fortune. How empty they can be But when I hold you in my arms That's a heaven to me Who cares for fame On Wiretap Today, you heard Tony Asimokopoulos and Howard Chakowitz. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein, with Mira Bergwintonic and Carolyn Warren. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time, and Wednesday evening at 11.30. Visit our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap. There you can download the official Wiretap ringtone. You can also watch an excerpt from the Dutch documentary mentioned earlier in today's show. Along with Jonathan Goldstein, it features Howard Chakowitz and Howard's pug, Desmond. If you want all your friends to think you're cool, ask me about my fan club. You'll get a button for your jacket you can wear to school. Ask me about my fan club. You'll get a t-shirt with my name and face. Ask me about my fan club. So you can wear me out all over the place. Ask me about my fan size in my head.